Hey, there we go. We're at it. Welcome to Stack Hunters. I'm Bradley Stalder. Today we're going to be jumping into talking talking about some of our busted stacks already and how we're going to attack these stacks moving forward. Like, what is our attitude toward our best ball teams? Is there any hope in the best ball best ball realm at all? How are we going to fare? Is there any light at the end of the tunnel for some of our best ball teams? First, I'm going to get into some of uh, my big time winning teams. And my microphone is like falling off right now. I don't know why it's deciding it wants to be difficult, but nevertheless, we're going to fix it. We're going to take just a second. We're experiencing some technical difficulties. I don't know why. I've never had an issue where my microphone is falling off but here we go okay we're back we're here worst case i will hold it and we will go through the rest of the pod with this heavy thing okay here we go so today we're gonna get into the stacks that have failed you so far how should we be faring what should you do well there's nothing you can do it's your best ball league you're stuck with them but how should you what is your attitude toward these and uh, these terrible, terrible, uh, hurtful, we're just going to rip off the band-aids, but we are going to talk about these players. So, yeah, let's get into it. First player, and we're going to talk about stacks here, right? Joe Burrow was drafted as the quarterback six, right? Joe Burrow is the quarterback six. And right now, Joe Burrow is quarterback 30 in terms of fantasy points scored on the season. And the reason why I'm going to use fantasy points scored so far is it's going to be a clear indication of how helpful they have been so far. Very helpful players will be ranked higher, right? We're, we haven't experienced bye weeks yet. Some players have experienced injuries, but we'll talk about those. Right. Joe Burrow, for instance, is dealing with a calf injury, and that is certainly limiting him and his ability to push the ball down the field. Burrow is bottom three in terms of NFL passer rating of passes thrown 20 or more yards down the field. And that's clearly affecting T. Higgins. Higgins has a 37.5% catch rate this season. That's disastrous. Like, that's not going to get it done. And looking at where uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are, right? Chase this season is 31st in fantasy points scored. He was being drafted at sometimes as the first player overall, sometimes the second wide receiver behind Justin Jefferson. So 31 points. Uh, 31 among wide receivers, that's mid-wide receiver three range. That's not getting it done. And then looking at what T. Higgins has done, right? Higgins is was drafted as the wide receiver 15. Now he's the wide receiver 41. He is outside the top 36. He's a wide receiver four. So we expect better days are ahead for Chase and Burrow and Higgins. We've seen a spike week from Higgins. We've seen a spike week from Jamar Chase. But that's not getting it done for our best ball team so far. For both Higgins and Chase 
to exist as fantasy options in the same game. We need a healthy Joe Burrow. We can't afford to have Joe Burrow only giving us quarterback 20, quarterback 25, right? He was drafted too highly. So these stacks are going to destroy us, you know, as long as he's still dealing with this calf injury. And it doesn't seem like it's going to go away, you know, in the next week or so. So I would still expect that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins are going to keep your fantasy team hurting for a while. So this is not like dead in the water for sure. It's not dead in the water. Like we're going to be talking about week 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, et cetera. Um, Though we expect that Burrow will be fine and healthy for the playoffs. Problem is right now, is your team going to be good enough to survive the first 13, 14 weeks to be able to get to the playoffs? I, I don't think that there's going to be a high rate of entry for Burrow Higgins chase managers or best ball drafters, you know? And so if that may make you unique though, that may make you unique as you get into the playoffs, because if you were able to survive with chase Higgins and Joe Burrow, then we're going to be in good shape moving forward. So uh, there's a lot of upside. This is a short term loss. Long-term should be just fine, but the short-term loss is going to be, you know, a problem for us. So let me do one more thing, see if I can get it fixed. There we go. That's much better. Okay, cool. So let's also talk about that. Cool. Uh, Another player. Let's go to looking at our quarterback stacks. So we talked about Joe Burrow. We talked about Jamar Chase. We talked about T. Higgins. Better days are ahead for the the three of those. But when it comes to, you know, Aaron Rodgers and your Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson stacks, those are dead in the water. Those are absolutely dead. Not only is because Aaron Rodgers is out for the season, at least the regular season, there's been some hope that Aaron Rodgers will be back in the playoffs but i mean look we'll see what kind of voodoo magic aaron Rodgers is going to try to pull off but he was being drafted Rodgers is being drafted as the quarterback 16 and right now through three weeks aaron Rodgers quarterback 40 in terms of fantasy points total fantasy points that is the same negative differential that joe burrow has so burrow was drafted sixth he's now 30th Rogers 16th he's 40th he hasn't played since week one because of the Achilles injury the differential is massive 24 point uh 24 point ranking differential between what Rogers would being drafted as and his current fantasy point ranking so how is this affecting in particular Garrett Wilson Garrett Wilson was being drafted as the wide receiver nine. And right now he is the wide receiver 28. So a differential of 19. That's no bueno. In fact, among the top 60 wide receivers, that is the 23rd worst. So Garrett Wilson's still a super productive wide receiver, but this is exactly what I predicted right off the bat with the Aaron Rodgers injury was that Garrett Wilson was going to be a mid pack wide receiver three. And 
he's about a wide receiver three wide receiver 28 and fantasy points so far this season. That's not getting it done. It's not justifying a back end of the first early second round pick, you know, and so probably being drafted. Yeah. These, these wide receivers like Jamar chase being drafted second now being 31st. Um, AJ Brown, we'll talk about in a second. He was being drafted as the sixth wide receiver overall and now 29th in fantasy points. So even the most uber talented wide receivers in terrible situations are going to give you wide receiver three performances. They're just not living up to that elite upside and consistent floor that you were drafting them for. So are better days ahead for Garrett Wilson? No, no. Better days are not at ahead for Garrett Wilson. We're in trouble here. Garrett Wilson, we're in trouble. It's not going to be looking too good for our boy Garrett Wilson. Okay. Cool. Uh, I mean, it's not cool. You, you're probably in, in deep doo doo. You're just hoping that it's the Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper with the bring back of Garrett Wilson. You're hoping that you have some of that cycled in into your stacks. Let's talk some more of the stacks that have let you down. A pretty big letdown as well. Justin Fields being drafted as the quarterback five this offseason is now the quarterback 21 in fantasy points scored. That is a differential of ranking of 16 spots so obviously you justin fields drafters if you're drafting the four five turn or some were drafting him at three four turn being let down being let down by fields his performance and we can we can talk the fantasy twitter has done enough talking about whether justin fields is good or bad or whether how the how much the bears are at fault or whatever they're going to do but the reality is we're in trouble for Justin Fields moving forward. Like better days are ahead. I don't think he's going to be maintaining quarterback 21. He's just too talented as a rusher. And we also have to remember, we've seen the script before for Justin Fields. We've seen the script before Justin Fields was not playing well the first couple weeks of last season. And then he absolutely turned on the jets. The offense knew how to use him. And I think it'll take a few weeks. So I think Fields can get back into, you know, that top 12 with a few more spike weeks. But returning on quarterback five is going to be very, <coughs> going to be very difficult when you already have, you know, Justin Herbert, Tua, and Patrick Mahomes in the top five as well. And then Jalen Hurts is, is at seven. So it's going to be difficult for Justin Fields to get back into the top five, given this really, really rough start. But I can see him easily getting back into top 12. And if I'm redrafting today, you know, I think a good question is, are we going to go with Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? I think the answer is still Justin Fields, um, despite the fact that Lawrence has played just a little bit better in terms of fantasy through the first three weeks uh, in terms of fantasy that you were that we were doing. Okay. So let's also, let's talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence here. Are better days ahead for the Jaguars? Yes. But we've also seen a lot of brokenness in this Jaguars offense. Zay Jones is an integral part of 
the Jags offense. He's been dealing with a knee injury. He almost came down with a couple touchdowns. That was big. And Trevor Lawrence has just missed multiple touchdowns, at least three or four touchdowns by inches, by total of less than a foot. And so better days are ahead for Lawrence. We've seen the spike weeks from him. And there is a pathway for him to still get to be a top 10 quarterback. But this rough start is not looking good for our Jags shares. And looking at what uh, the wide receivers are looking like, Calvin Ridley, who had a very strong week one, has disappointed so far. Remember, Calvin Ridley was being drafted as the wide receiver 14 uh, at the end of August. He's the wide receiver 39 right now in terms of total fantasy points. That negative differential of 25 is 20 is 19th among all wide receivers. So he has very much let us down a top 14 wide receiver. Um, he had one spike week, but you know, actually he just had mostly like one spike week of a half, right? He had a hundred yards in that first half of week one and then has really sputtered. So I wonder if there's an injury going on or if teams are just playing him a little bit tougher or maybe there's something else going on. Whatever it is for Calvin Ridley, um, he has been letting us down weeks two and three. So looking at what we, we expect better days ahead for Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, as much as people were like, oh, he's going to be so much better than than Calvin Ridley, like he's six spots ahead of Ridley. But Kirk did terrible in week one. And then finally the Jags were like, oh, we should probably, you know, reintegrate this guy. We're paying a lot of money too. So let's let's get the ball in the hands of Christian Kirk. And they did. Um, his differential is still negative four. So he has underperformed relative to where we expected him for ADP. But with Calvin Ridley also suffering, uh, that is not looking good for our Jags. And then we'll we'll finally tie the bow with Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is the tight end five in total fantasy points. He was being drafted as the tight end eight. So he's actually outperformed. So the little give and take probably for Kirk is Evan Ingram's bump up, which was Kirk's bump down and Ridley has disappointed so far. Um, I'm not taking the L quite yet. I'm a Ridley truther. I believe in Cal Ridley. I think that better days are ahead. Uh, but something is just not right, and he's let us down for two weeks. So we will see if Trevor Lawrence plus Calvin Ridley resurgence can get us back into Lawrence being a top 10 option week to week with uh, with spike weeks, 25 points in the ranges of outcome for, for Trevor Lawrence. Okay, let's also talk about Anthony Richardson. So right now, Anthony Richardson is the quarterback 24 in terms of fantasy points. He was being drafted as the quarterback 11. And his he's fourth in differential, negative differential. So Richardson has let us down, but it's not because of his performance, it's because of the injury, right? He's, he's missed a significant amount of week two and then all of week three due to the concussion. And... We like Anthony Richardson. It's not only that he's a fantasy point scorer, it's that he was doing it in lots of ways. He was completing passes about 36 per, uh, 63% completion rate. He was getting goal line work. 
Jonathan Taylor is there is not there. So Anthony Richardson is a player that if people are like worried or scared or anything, he's a baller. Like go buy low on Anthony Richardson. I think better days are ahead for those who drafted a lot of Anthony Richardson and he's going to pay off his quarterback 11, despite the slow start due to the concussion he's expected to, to get back into it in week four and, and moving on. So Anthony Richardson's a player that we need to be having more optimism moving forward. Um, Played very well in week one. He showed he was the real deal. And I think that we can be pretty confident in Anthony Richardson's shares. I don't think we're our confidence is shaken with Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Okay. One other quarterback stack that I want to talk about, Daniel Jones. So I don't know if y'all saw the thumbnail is Daniel Jones and Darren Waller and Darren uh, Darren Waller, we'll talk about him in a second, but Daniel Jones is tied for the fifth worst differential among quarterbacks. Jones is being drafted as the quarterback 13. He's now the quarterback 23 in terms of total fantasy points. That differential of ranking is negative 10. That's tied with Trevor Lawrence. So the question is, are better days ahead for Daniel Jones? In watching what's been happening, the answer is no. The answer is no for Daniel Jones. He played, he got lots of fantasy points against the Arizona Cardinals. If you're not getting fantasy points against the, Dan, against the Arizona Cardinals, then you're in a lot of trouble. <clears throat> Dak Prescott. Anyways, Daniel Jones has massively let us down this year. And uh, I mean, especially because if you were taking Daniel Jones in your fantasy drafts, you were probably not going after one of the elite quarterbacks. And you were saying, hey, I'm probably going to double tap Daniel Jones and Anthony Richardson, you know, for instance. And the problem with that is Anthony Richardson has been out. And Daniel Jones is flopped. That's the risk you take with double tapping these mid quarterbacks, right? It's the risk you take. So we're not very happy with that. Darren Waller's differential. He was being drafted as the tight end four at the end of the off season. He's the tight end eight in fantasy points, total fantasy points on the season so far. And it hasn't felt great and it hasn't looked great. And Darren Waller hasn't looked like himself. I mean, his PFF receiving grade isn't great. His yards per route run are down. He at one point was number one in the NFL in tight end receiving yards. And now we've seen some, some pretty tough defenses limit Waller. So can he get back to leading the, I mean, he leads the Giants in targets because he's the best player that they have and Saquon Barkley, you know, still dealing with his ankle issue. But yeah, we should be concerned about Darren Waller, uh, you know, returning on top four tight end fantasy ranking because you're drafting him for that. He's being tight. <laughs> he's being drafted, you know, ahead of uh, <laughs> your, your pet fryer moves. Right. And Fryermuth right now is the tight end nine, but drafted as the tight end nine. So you're getting even return on, on Pat Fryermuth through this, this point. And Fryermuth is just your classic, no spike weeks, 
high floor type of tight end. He's actually not touchdown dependent, as funny as that sounds. Like Fryermuth will get you eight quality fantasy points every single week, and he's one of the few that will do that. But Waller was being drafted, you know, ahead of Sam Laporta, for instance. And Laporta right now is the tight end 14. Or he was being drafted as tight end 14. He was the tight end two in total fantasy points. So the differential for Laporta, he leads all tight ends who are being drafted in the top 15 in differential with 12. Laporta is 12. And Laporta is the real deal. Like we just saw a 30 six percent target share from sam laporta who just fills in this tj hawkinson role i was talking this offseason about some sneaky valuable tight end groups and sam laporta was a target because we saw how dan campbell ben johnson and the entire offense for the detroit lions utilize their tight ends they utilize them in the goal line packages they utilize them in the middle of the field downfield spread this spread the field and sam laporte a very a very talented tight end gets open he was a starter from day one of the preseason and now he's just been continually integrated into the offense where we're also seeing some of amon ross st brown like he's dealing with an ankle injury so who's who's jerry goff gonna lean on his trusty rookie tight end sam laporta so hopefully you drafted a little bit of Sam Laporta this offseason. You have to be really excited about that. I don't know if Laporta is going to maintain your know, top five tight end, but it'll be pretty close. It'll be pretty close. We like the spike weeks we see from Laporta, and it's really hard. Here's the thing is if a, one, if a tight end has one or two massive spike weeks, that more than pays off their ADP. So Laporta was someone who's being drafted, yeah, at tight end 14, and then we will put in contrast Laporta compared to Dalton Kincaid, right? Dalton Kincaid was being drafted <laughs> aggressively as like a top 10 tight end. At some points he was at the end of the summer being drafted on underdog as the tight end 11, but look, uh, Kincaid is the tight end at 27 in total fantasy points. That differential is 16 spots different. Kincaid has very much let you down at the beginning of the season. This is what I was worried about, about Dawson Knox actually getting some red zone work, which we knew he would get. He would get the split the snaps with Kincaid. They would play different roles, but it means that there's also different packages happening. And so there's a lot of two tight end sets, but not enough to justify Dalton Kincaid at this point. So Kincaid is in your 12 team redraft leagues. Kincaid is a drop. Um, unfortunately, like we're going to have to wait and see. You're not going to be able to survive Kincaid in your starting tight end role. Wow, that's wild. I didn't think I'd be saying that. But Dalton Kincaid in small leagues and small benches um, is droppable. And we need to see it from Kincaid. We need to see the Bills utilize Kincaid. And, I mean, the Bills have underperformed as well in the um, in the quarterback realm. Josh Allen is the quarterback 10 in total fantasy points. He's being drafted as the quarterback 3. Uh, there were only six quarterbacks were drafted in the top 18 who had a worse differential than Josh Allen so far in terms of total fantasy points versus their best ball ADP. So Josh Allen has let you down a little bit. We haven't seen 
you know, the consistent massive spike weeks. And, uh, you know, we can take a look at what Stefan Diggs has done, but ultimately like, you know, if you drafted Josh Allen in the second round, it's not great. Now Diggs hasn't like totally let you down. He's the wide receiver eight in terms of fantasy points, total fantasy points. So he's been fine. The differential only is negative three for Diggs because he was being drafted as the wide receiver five. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. So this stack hunters is taking a look at some of the biggest, uh, biggest stack bus. And we're going to take a, a short moment uh, to talk about some of my best ball teams, how they've been doing, especially the ones that have been super successful. And then we'll get back into a couple more of these wide receivers in particular that have busted for us so far and whether there are better days ahead for them. Okay, cool. So one of my favorite teams on the FFPC is the pros versus Joe's. I was asked to join. Um, let me change the brand here. Uh, I was asked to join the pros versus Joe's. And thanks. Shout out to Darren Armani. And in this one, I'm ranked as not only the number one player in my league, but the number one player in the entire tournament. I've scored 520 points. And I want to take a look at the draft board because the draft board is pretty cool. Um, so I drafted out of the five hole and Tyreek Hill was my first pick, which is paying off. Absolutely paying dividends. Tyreek Hill is um, based on this data, the number one tight end in total fan or number one wide receiver in terms of total fantasy points. So really hitting the nuts on there, crushing, absolutely crushing. And then if you notice in round number seven, Mike Evans, I took Mike Evans as the wide receiver 35 and Evans in underdog fantasy was being drafted as the wide receiver 34, which if we knew anything about the spike weeks, we knew that Mike Evans was going to be this player that had spike weeks would contribute to your best ball leagues 20% of the time, 25% of the time. But for right now, Mike Evans, the number five wide receiver in terms of total fantasy points, only behind Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, and the aforementioned Tyreek Hill. So this feels pretty good because I'm hitting some very high spike week guys right off the bat. And I haven't gotten any contribution from Christian Watson so far, which is cool. <laughs> um, and then looking at the rest of the rest of the team, Zay Jones hasn't given much. Richie James is on the IR and Corey Davis has retired. So this team certainly has some holes in it and Taysom Hill, right? I drafted four tight ends in this build. Taysom Hill became a quarterback before the start of the season. So <laughs> that kind of stinks pretty, pretty bad. But Taysom Hill, you know, leaves Tyler Conklin, Hunter Henry, and Noah Gray. Right now, Hunter Henry absolutely paying off ADP. Tyler Conklin 
not so much. And Noah Fant has contributed in tight end premium leagues like the FFPC. Now, looking at like the running back position, Derrick Henry has kind of busted for me. Jameer Gibbs hasn't lived up to expectations. But Kenneth Walker, round five, Kenneth Walker, absolute smash play. Loved it. I was in on Kenneth Walker since the offseason. You can ask Theo Greminger right now. Kenneth Walker is the the running back number three in terms of total fantasy points. It is uh, a differential of 14 and looking at uh, the highest differentials. Kenneth Walker is third in differential of total fantasy points versus ADP. The only ones that are higher, DeAndre Swift, who I was high on this offseason, was being drafted as the running back 29. And he's the running back 11 right now. And James Connor being drafted as the running back 26 is the running back eight right now. So these three players, James Connor, DeAndre Swift, and Kenneth Walker have absolutely crushed. And then, oh, James Cook as well is fourth in terms of running back uh, point differential versus ADP. So there's massive, massive value that have come out of Kenneth Walker. And then, uh, of course, Devon. Achan, right? Devon Achan as running back 42. I only drafted five running backs, and one of them is already out for the season, J.K. Dobbins. Yikes. <laughs> so running back 20, uh, that certainly hurts. But with all the other busts in that line, like Rashad White has done terrible, even though uh, total fancy points, he's been okay. Definitely not justifying round six pick. Miles Sanders has not played well. Damian Pierce has not played well. Cam Akers has not played well. So as much as it hurts that G.K. Dobbins is out, relative to the other running backs around him, that's not been terrible. Yeah. Maybe going with DeAndre Swift over J.K. Dobbins would look even better right now, but can't win them all. Cannot win them all. This is the team, the Tyreek Hill, Henry Gibbs team, not just number one in the division, but number one overall in the pros versus Joe's contest. Okay. So the other best ball teams that I wanted to take a look at with you were my best ball mania, um, best ball mania teams. I only did 21 uh, teams so far uh, in best ball mania for this year. Underdog is out of state. Um, and so when I go out of state, I did all of these are slow drafts, almost all of them. I think there were maybe like two or three fast drafts, but almost all of these are slow drafts. And I have three of the 21 as first place, two more are second place. So five out of the 21 are placing, advancing. And then I have one, two, three, four, five that are third place. So 10 out of my 21 entries here are in the top three spots, which ends up being like 48% or the expectation is it's about 25%. And then I have three in first place. Three out of 21 is 14%. You'd expect 8% first place. So these, these are turning out pretty well. And not only that, but looking at this, is it this team? Yeah, the 464 team. So this 464 team is not only 
you know, crushing like 80 points ahead of the next team. Yeah, we want to. Let's look at this team. How did this team turn out? We're looking at the draft board. So for this team that is in the top 1,500 or so of over 650,000, I started with Diggs and then went Adams and then Debo. So went three straight wide receivers, then Lamar Jackson, and then once again, Kenneth Walker in the fifth round. So fifth round, Kenneth Walker, just like Matt Kelly and I were saying, Kenneth Walker round five was the smash pick. Like, imagine drafting Najee Harris over Kenneth Walker. <sighs> Damien Pierce over Kenneth Walker, <laughs> right? This is wild stuff. So Diggs, Adams, Debo in the third round. I love drafting Debo in the third round. And then Lamar Jackson, Kenneth Walker, TJ Hawkinson, and then Jordan Addison coming back and then deandre swift in the eighth round here wow brian robinson in the ninth so this was a like a late anchor running back team with some high upside swings with swift and a high floor guy with brian robinson and then we stacked kirk with addison and tj hawkinson and then looking at the end of the draft, Richie James, yeah, I was so in on Richie James. This is gross. Uh, but Hunter Henry was there. So Henry plus TJ Hawkinson were massive contributors. Michael Wilson has yet to really, really hit. But Taze Spears and Tyler Algier were perfect later round running backs. Taze Spears can definitely step in if Derrick Henry gets hurt. And Tyler Algier... Uh, had a great week one. So yes, this is a team that is in the top 1,500 or so out of over 650,000. So like the top 0.0 or 0.5%. It's a, it's a really good team so far through the first three weeks. Um, and that's why I recommend starting with three wide receivers or close to it to start your draft. And, Imagine if I had taken Keenan Allen, right? Uh, Debo Samuel, though, was just so enticing when it came to what type of spike weeks we could see from Debo. That's why it was worth it in the third round. I couldn't get behind last year. There was like end of first round, beginning of second round Debo. The floor is just too scary, and the role is too dependent upon um, you know the, the assets around him. But Debo himself does have the spike week potential, which is why it made him a sense made sense to draft him in the mid to late third round. Okay, cool. So, and then let's look at one other team that is also in the top 1700. This is a, a really dangerous team. Um, yeah, this is going to be a really dangerous team as well. Uh, this team has 459. Yeah, that's that's delicious. Um, we're going to go here and be Stalder. Yes, yes, yes. This is the fast draft one I did with with Billy and Mike Shope. Shout out to Billy Muzio. Shout out to Mike Shope. If you guys are not following them uh, on Twitter at FF Muzio and FF at uh, Shop Shope Talk at Shope Talk. Make sure you guys are doing that. This team is crushing right now. 
top 1700 or so. This was Amon Ra, Austin Eckler at the one, two turn. Remember when Austin Eckler was holding out? Yeah, this is beautiful. We love that. And then Keenan Allen in round three, Mark Andrews in round four. Dobbins is out. That's going to hurt. But once again, notice this Brian Robinson in round nine or 10. That's the sneaky play. <coughs> that was the, the leverage running back because he's been stepping in and playing very, very well. I mean, Brian Robinson among running backs. Let me pull it up. Robinson. Yeah, it was being drafted as the running back 35 and has absolutely paid off that ADP. And he it's no wonder that he's showing up on a few of my best ball teams that had took him in the ninth and 10th rounds because he's filled in that later running back two role, especially given JK Dobbins is out in some of those teams. So pushing those running backs to later when we know that they have roles, that's something to be taking away from this. Okay, wow, Rashad White went really late in this draft. Isaiah Pacheco went late. David Montgomery went late. James Cook went late. There's a lot of late players. This was back when Tony was being drafted in the seventh round. Like this draft happened in May. This draft happened in May of 2023. So we can see some wonky ADPs, right? Um, yeah, I'm trying to take a look. Like mm, Calvin Ridley was still a mid third round pick in this in this draft. Tony Pollard was back end of the second round. Yeah, these Darren Waller was going at the seven two behind Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts, T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, this was a crazy draft. Quentin Johnston, I wanted for the, the Chargers stack to go with Herbert. Um, Jacoby Myers is looking pretty good. Tim Patrick is out as with the ACL. Leonard Fournette hasn't signed with anyone. But drafting Raheem Mostert late as well. This team is uh, looking pretty good. Marvin Mims is on this team. Absolutely. Jaden Reed has played well. There's a lot of pieces in this team that can continue to hit. So I'm in on these teams moving forward. I'm thankful that y'all were able to share those with me, share this time. Um, and then the last thing that I'll do is just look at a few wide receivers and whether there are better days ahead for them moving forward. So um, let's take a look. Cooper Cup, there have been some positive reports. We've been waiting for this. Sean McVay is hopeful that Cooper Cup will be able to return here very soon on schedule for the IR. So we're here for that. Um, Cup right now leads all wide receivers in terms of rank versus point rank differential at negative 143 because Cup was being drafted fourth overall. So your Cup teams are pretty sunk. And then a similar, this is why I've been itching, itching, itching for Christian Watson, right? Watson was being drafted as the wide receiver 21 at the end of the off season. I was big Watson truther, but he avoided the IR missed three games due to the hamstring injury should be good to go here in week four against the lions should be a massive um, shift, a massive game. 
Um, but Watson right now is at a negative 126 point rank differential compared to ADP. So we expect better things from Christian Watson. So Cup and Watson, better days ahead for sure. And then Jamison Williams. Yeah, so he's out for three more games. After Thursday's game, it'll be two more. So we want to start picking him up off of waivers in our redraft here in about a week or two. Just a stash. Just a stash. We need to see it from Jamison Williams before we start putting him into any sort of lineup. There have been just a lot of flags that we've seen for Jamison Williams, partly because of his one season of profile profile production. He does have the first-round pedigree. I love comping him to Will Fuller. That's my favorite comp of Jamison Williams, given his speed, given his skinny frame, tall, skinny frame. Um, his, he's a downfield threat. Um, it was Jamison Williams and Marvin Mims were the only two players two years ago with 20 or more yards per reception in college and a 60% uh, catch rate on passes. So I think Jameson Williams is going to deliver. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of hurtful because I was drafting him as like the wide receiver 36 in way too early best ball drafts. And now he's missing six games and that's going to really, really hurt. So I do think better days are ahead for Jameson Williams. Uh, Deontay Johnson is being drafted as the wide receiver 27 right now. He's wide receiver 108 in terms of total fantasy points. And if you drafted Deontay Johnson, Christian Watson, and Cooper Cup like all together, your team is probably in 12th place. And while you think that you might be able to dig yourself back, that's just such a massive hole that you were banking on Deontay being a high floor guy, Christian Watson giving you some spike weeks, and Cooper Cup being the first round pick that you needed him to be. So thinking about like that strategy of continuing to hammer wide receivers, you know, the wide receivers have such a lower hit rate, um, but they last longer in the games they play. Whereas running backs, you know, those elite running backs, they will hit harder, but their shelf life is shorter. And so that's why we can like push some of these running backs like DeAndre Swift was getting pushed down significantly. We're talking round eight, round nine, DeAndre Swift, round 10, Brian Robinson, right? Raheem Mostert in the rounds 13, 14, etc. Devon Achan was getting drafted in the 110s and 120s overall. These players exist. These diamonds in the rough exist later. And so, yes, we are dealing with some injuries, but the injuries will, for many of these players, um, you know, go away. Like Jalen Waddle was being drafted as the wide receiver 11. Right now, he's wide receiver 57 in terms of total fantasy points. So if you had uh, drafted Jalen Waddle but not Tyreek Hill, your wide receiver room could be looking pretty rough. Like you decide to pivot, you decide to be a little unique and go cup and Waddle stacking with Tua. Yeah, that's not going to be um, not going to be getting it done because Waddle's differential uh, is eleventh worst among all wide receivers. Odell Beckham is ahead of Waddle. JSN is ahead of Waddle. JSN right now is wide receiver ninety three, and I'm worried about JSN. I don't think there's a lot of optimism for 
Jackson Smith and Jigba returning on mid-pack wide receiver three draft capital that he was getting. He was drafted a lot as like wide receiver 30 or so. And Billy warned us that he's going to be, you know, outside the top 36. We should have listened to Billy Muzio. Nevertheless, <laughs> you got to be listening to Billy. You also have to be listening to our um, injury finder. You need to go get our injury finder. It is an amazing app. And I'm, I'll tell you, I use it all the time, but I also want you to hear from Matt Kelly about our injury finder. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the injury finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, we also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players. There's a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's five bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. That's right. Open your phone, get smarter. All right. All right, guys. So we've talked a little bit about some of the most obvious wide receivers that have kind of busted for us. You know, Brandon Cooks, obviously dealing with the MCL injury. Quinton Johnston so far was being drafted as the wide receiver 41 and is the wide receiver 113. But here at Player Profiler, we are down on Quinton Johnston because we don't think he's particularly good. Will he get opportunity? We don't know because Josh Palmer plays okay <laughs> when when Mike Williams is out of the lineup and Keenan Allen is in. Austin Eckler is also not certain to play here in week four. That just means more Josh Palmer and a little bit of Gar uh, Gerald Everett. So Quentin Johnson, I don't think his better days are ahead for him. He's going to turn out to be one of those those busts in your best ball leagues. So let's be concerned. I'm I'm hurting right now because I drafted a little bit of Quentin Johnson with my Justin Herbert shares. But um, yeah, we'll see if we get some more Quentin Johnson spike weeks. That would be nice. But a couple underlying players that have really disappointed. Jahan Dotson was being drafted as the wide receiver 33. Right now, he is the wide receiver 78 in terms of total fantasy points. That's not going to get it done, Jahan Dotson. He's not dealing with an injury that we know of. And the offense for the Washington Commanders just looks a little broken. Like there have been times where Dotson's been open and Sam Howell has just simply not hit him. So I have major red flags, major red flags for Jahan Dotson from a fantasy perspective moving forward rest of the season. So if you're banking on Jahan Dotson being your wide receiver three and being like a high floor guy, he's not shown that through the first three weeks of the season. 
He had a nice high floor and an even higher ceiling than Terry McLaurin last year. But McLaurin has also suffered. McLaurin was being drafted as the wide receiver 26, currently the wide receiver 45 in terms of fantasy points, total fantasy points, negative 19 ranking differential versus ADP this offseason. So both Dotson and McLaurin have failed you. It's not that, oh, one is doing better than the other. No, they're they're both they both are sucking so far this year. Um, Judy is low because of the injury from week one, but he also hasn't looked great. Drake London, we know the drill with Drake London. We know that the Atlanta Falcons have just not gotten him the ball. Desmond Ritter looks as bad as Marcus Mariota did last year. And there's not a lot of pass volume to go around for, for Drake London. You have to be down on Drake London. He was a bad pick at wide receiver 23. He was an avoid for me in most spots. It's too bad because he's uber, uber talented. I wish that we could be more in on Drake London. Um, can he get back into the wide receiver fours? Sure. But like Kyle Pitts is tight end 21 in total fantasy points. If there was even a half decent or competent quarterback throwing at a league average volume, we'd be looking at a wide receiver 30 for Drake London. And we would be looking at tight end seven, tight end six, tight end seven for Kyle Pitts. But in this case, the Atlanta Falcons have really let us down so far. Another disappointing player has been Juju Smith-Schuster being drafted as wide receiver 53. Outside the top 80 in terms of total wide receiver fantasy points. <coughs> Yuck. Yikes. Disaster zone. And Juju is just losing snaps to everybody. Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, they're all playing in the slot. Uh, Demario Davis is getting run. Devontae Parker missed a game, but has still been playing some. It's just been an absolute mess for Juju. Uh, he was a massive avoid for me this offseason. I don't think I took almost any Juju Smith-Schuster across 300, 400 fantasy drafts. Can't do it. I absolutely cannot do that with Juju. And there's not like a light at the end of the tunnel. You were done drafting Juju. Whoever was hyping him up, oh, he played on the Chiefs. Oh, he had, you know, almost a thousand yards. Oh, he had some spike weeks. He was in a void this offseason, very obvious one, and we should have been aware of that. Um, we're gonna talk some teammates now as we round out this hour of talking best ball, giving you some best ball advice, some view of how to uh, approach players' expectations rest of the season. Both Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins are negative 26, or negative 28 and negative 26, respectively, in terms of differential of points ranked on the season versus their ADP. So Traylon Burks was being drafted as wide receiver 48. He's now wide receiver 76 in terms of total fantasy points. And DeAndre Hopkins is wide receiver 50 despite being drafted as a top 24 wide receiver. The Hopkins one really hurts me. I was drafting a lot, a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. Tennessee is awful, and I don't think better days are ahead for them, even if they put in Will Levis. 
Like, does Levis have the vision? Does Levis have uh, the offensive line to protect him? Is there the coaching in place to support Levis to take over? I don't know. And Malik Willis is also there. Like, are, are we going to see Malik Willis again? We know we have Malik Willis and it isn't good. Yikes. If this is what decent enough to Ryan Tannehill is, this they, these stacks are not working out for us. So we should be majorly concerned about our Tennessee shares rest of season. Let's also talk Philadelphia Eagles. A.J. Brown was being drafted as the wide receiver six. <clears throat> He's the wide receiver 29 in total fantasy points. Devonta Smith, drafted as the wide receiver 13, is the wide receiver 16 in terms of total fantasy points. So he hasn't let you down too bad. But then Dallas Goddard has really hurt you. He was being drafted as the tight end 7 and is the tight end 32. Among tight ends being drafted in the top 15. So you expected this guy to start for you. Among those types of tight ends, Goddard has the second worst point differential versus AD point rank differential versus ADP among the top 15 tight ends in ADP. The only one worse, the only tight end worse who has paid off worse than Dallas Goddard so far this season, Dalton Schultz. Schultz tight end 12 in ADP his point rank on the season in total fantasy points 39 woof that is a differential of 27 spots Goddard is at 25 but the Goddard one really hurts because we were drafting him very highly we're drafting him like round seven right round eight in the best ball team that I have that's in the top 1700 best ball mania four team <coughs> Dallas Goddard went in the sixth round, right? Ahead of, Oh, ahead of Jordan Addison, ahead of Mike Evans, ahead of who, who are some others that, that he went ahead of that would look real good. Deandre Swift, James Connor went at the 7.7. So, yeah, Dallas Goddard has really let us down so far. And I think better days are ahead for Goddard because it really doesn't take much for a tight end to regain value, right? Spike weeks, uh, you know, can easily sway tight ends in their variance and how they contribute. So I'm not uberly worried about Dallas Goddard. I am concerned about our Dalton Schultz shares the rest of the way he's being drafted as top 12 tight end which means someone planned to have Dalton Schultz be their starter and now he's just rotating at tight end yikes a one-year deal not a lot of security he was supposed to be a safety outlet for for Stroud but instead Stroud is just looking down the field Stroud is looking for Tank Dell and Nico Collins who have definitely paid off ADPs and that's why Schultz is in a lot of trouble. We don't see a pathway for, for Schultz to regain fantasy goodness, okay? So we are concerned about Dalton Schultz. Let's hit on just a couple more wide receivers, 
and then we'll call it a night. All right. So I think we've hit on most of them. CD lamb has been slightly disappointing wide receiver seven and ADP 19 on the season. Yeah, I think we've hit on just about all of them. I think CD lamb will be just fine. Uh, Tyler Lockett is seventh uh, minus seven in terms of differential. He was being drafted as 30th. He's 37th among wide receivers. Um, Diggs, St. Brown, Smith really haven't busted for you. Amari Cooper has been in line with what we expected. And here are a couple others that have been in line with what we expected. Gabe Davis, Michael Thomas, Zay Flowers have all delivered at about what we expected them based on the ADP, based on the market. Okay, cool. Well, I think that brings us to a close for tonight. It's been really great discussing um, the trends and thinking through these best ball uh, status updates. Um, one last note I want to make is that we have a pick em po- pick em power hour every week. So make sure you guys are checking out our pick em power hour here on player profiler channel. It's a great show. Um, and I mean, <laughs> where else are you going to get some of the best content with your pickums except at the pickem power hour. So make sure you guys are tuning in. You can just search on the player profiler channel, pick em power hour. And uh, make sure you guys are tuning in for sure for that. It's been awesome getting the pickums out there. And then lastly, tomorrow, if you guys like the content, you found this helpful, make sure you guys are subscribing. But also, make sure that you guys are checking out the Thursday Night Football tailgate that I host every Thursday. And especially meaningful because it's Packers versus Lions. So make sure you guys are checking that out. We'll talk start sits about your Packers or your Lions players. We will try to determine who we can get into our lineups. Win us some week four. Yeah, it's been great, guys. Good luck with the rest of your week number four, launching it strong with Thursday night. I hope you won your waivers. And good luck with the rest of your best ball streets. I'll be back in two weeks to discuss another update on um, the best ball and maybe... I'll talk some best ball resurrection as well. We'll see what we can do from that point. All right, everyone. Until next time, good luck in the best ball streets. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.